Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Very interesting uh, study survey was released in November of last year by the Association of Canadian Studies. And it had to do with immigration and the projected immigration numbers for Canada. The federal immigration minister, Sean Fraser, has declared Canada needs more newcomers in order to help the country economically. And he set the immigration number at 500,000 by 2025. Now, our guest organization, the Association of Canadian Studies, recently, as I said last November, released information from a national poll conducted by Leger on the reaction, public reaction, to the Liberals' immigration numbers. 75% of Canadians say they remain very or somewhat concerned. The increased number of newcomers to Canada may negatively impact on already stressed health care, housing, and social services. Jack Jedwab is the associate the executive director of uh, the Association of Canadian Studies. How are you, Jack? I'm good, Roy. How are you? I'm good. I understand there's something important coming up in your life. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a grandfather for the first time in March, and I'm very excited about the prospect. So, Congratulations. Or to that. Um, Sean Fraser says, well, let me back this up a little bit, because when you do your surveys, they have a lot to do with Quebec and then the rest of Canada, because you're situated in Montreal. Mm -hmm. Quebec has its own immigration system, essentially separate to that of Canada in some areas. So how are Quebecers responding, first of all, to any announcements of large increases in immigration numbers? Well, Quebecers are uh, positive to large immigration, to increases in immigration, because uh, industry here feels that uh, labor is important. The only issue is that when you pose a question to Quebecers where you talk about language and the effects of immigration on language and the French language in particular, then the sort of uh, concerns grow quite significantly. But if you don't mention language issues, Quebecers are quite open to immigration increases. The government, of course, has talked about decreases and has decreased immigration levels, although immigration levels across Canada did decline during COVID, and now we're seeing them rebound and make up for some of those cuts. But uh, by and large, uh, the uh, uh, government of Quebec has made up for the cuts with large numbers of temporary foreign workers. Uh, That doesn't get as much public attention. And across Canada, we've seen increases in temporary workers. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the rest of the country. So Quebecers, as long as you don't bring language into it, so it's like any other issue in Quebec. If you don't bring language into it, there's some objectivity or there's more objectivity. Correct. But when language comes into it, objectivity flies out the window. 75% in the rest of the country expressed concerns to you, if I recall correctly, about the 500,000 immigrants per year as of 2025. And the fear was... Social programs, health care, and housing may be affected. Could you expand on that? What did you hear? Yeah, I mean, I think that most of the concern is about housing. You know, there's a general concern about uh, that issue across the country in terms of housing shortages and housing prices, particularly in larger cities where uh, immigrants tend to concentrate. Uh, despite that concern, although, uh, again, Canadians are relatively favorable to immigration increases, it's just that when you tell them what the numbers are, uh, they seem to be a little less uh, positive than they would be if you just asked them, you think there are not enough immigrants, just the right number, too many. Most people say just the right number until, they, you, until you present the numbers to them. Then concerns go up, and there are concerns about housing. But the concerns about housing don't necessarily mean that people want fewer immigrants. They, I think, want us to find solutions to the housing crisis. 
Were you surprised at the 75% number? I understand what you just said, but when you have 75% of Canadians essentially agreeing on anything, that's a huge number for this country. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, but not entirely, because, again, the issues of housing are in the mix in that question, and access to health services, both areas of significant concern. And in this question, you're tying them to immigration, right? So yeah. uh, you're in a way, the risk is that you suggest uh, to the respondent uh, that concern, but it's a valid concern, mm-hmm. right? So... Uh, we need to be mindful about that. But again, I think what Canadians are saying is that they want uh, ways to address those challenges as opposed to uh, reducing immigration. So Actually, la- those people who feel most strongly about that, although when I correlate it with the question about immigrant numbers, will say that they're not favorable to immigrant increases. But by and large, most Canadians are kind of in the just about the right number uh, place when it comes to immigration. Though, when you evoke that 500,000, uh, you know, you get a little bit more of uh, Canadians expressing uh, support for the idea that there are too many. So, uh, just the right number would refer then to the numbers of immigrants that we've had coming into the country until this time. Although, in 2022, last year, there were 431,645 permanent residents added to Canada, according to the minister. Um and a significant percentage of them already lived in Canada before 2022. So, but if we go back to the number, which is around 200,000, reaching 300,000, that's the number that most people are comfortable with. But once you get to 500K, it becomes more problematic. Am I understanding this correctly? I don't think Canadians know what the numbers are, to be fair, right? You have to tell them what the numbers are. If you okay. just ask them in a flat-out question, if they're too many, just the right number, not enough, a lot of people say just the right number because they don't know what the numbers are. You have to tell them what the numbers are, so... Uh, in order to, you know, and then they hear number 500,000 sounds like a lot. You know? So I think that's part of the reaction you get. Uh, we need to help people better understand what the ramifications are of those numbers. Uh, you know, despite the ministerial announcements about them and, you know, and the media reporting it, it doesn't mean that the majority of Canadians are sort of focused on the numbers, right? It's more how they feel that you know, is, is, is what this is about. Do, do people offer opinions and suggestions at all, Jack? No, not necessarily, and it's a good area for future inquiry. Uh, you know, I know that there are a lot of focus groups that are uh, conducted by polling firms to try to get at what, you know, Canadians feel needs to be done. But I think, you know, a lot of it is fix the housing issues, fix the access to health care, and people will feel, I think, a bit more uh, receptive to uh, the push forward in the numbers. Yeah, we know that the housing issue and the health care issue is not going to be fixed in the next... 12 to 24 months, and maybe no. that comes into play as well. No, the it, other issue, of course, is the high concentration of immigrants in cities. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. can we get immigrants to settle outside cities? That's not a simple thing. Toronto, uh, according to the most recent numbers, compared to any other city in North America, is receiving the largest number of immigrants for the first time uh, ever as of 2021. You know, uh, a few years ago, and uh, Jason Kenney was on with us when he was the immigration minister, we, I raised the question, now this goes back well, maybe 10 years, um, I, I raised the question about whether it would be to the advantage of the immigrant and to the advantage of the community and to the advantage of, uh, of just the whole idea of, of immigration if someone wanted to come to Canada and wanted to be fast-tracked, and if that person had a specific skill. And the example I used was if you were an air, aircraft mechanic. I know, I just grabbed that out of thin air. If you were an aircraft mechanic and one was needed in Halifax, Nova Scotia, 
and you were told you wanted to come into Canada and you wanted to come in quickly and you were told, yes, you would be fast-tracked if you were willing to go to Halifax, live there, take that job, stay there for at least three years. And then after that, after you've done the job and lived in Halifax for three years, you'd be free to move anywhere in Canada you wanted. The idea being that uh, that you would probably by then feel at home in the community. I was told by Mr. I think it was Jason Kenney. I could stand to be corrected on this. Uh, but I was told that you couldn't do that uh, constitutionally and according to the charter. You can't do that. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. So let's say the person's in Halifax. They're unhappy after a year. You know, are you going to say, well, that's too bad. You sort of agreed to stay there for three years. Yeah, but we, you know, we also we always used to say, I don't know if we still do it, if you're going to sponsor somebody, you're responsible for their economic well-being for 10 years. Yeah, I understand that. But it's, again, still hard to uh, get somebody to commit to staying in somewhere if they don't want to be there. And, you know, so it, it comes down to that. And it's a challenge. Uh, you know, we need to uh, find ways of encouraging people to settle in those areas. And we actually have seen with COVID a lot of people moving out of the cities. Uh, the That's right. Into you know outlying areas, uh, many of them working remotely uh, and looking for more space. Yeah. And so you know we're seeing some changes in that regard across Canada in terms of the population distribution. Uh, but for the most part, immigrants will still choose to settle in those larger cities where you know there are uh, community members uh, that have their shared uh, interests, background, so forth. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 